Welcome to Conservation Unfiltered, presented by Conserve the Wild, your destination for an unfiltered look at conservation. Now let's get wild. All right, everyone. Thanks for checking back in this bonus episode of the Conservation Unfiltered podcast presented by Conserve the Wild. I forgot to say all of that last time. I'm your host, Jason. And And I'm uh, Jeff. My father joining me for this uh, bonus episode. And uh, as you heard on Friday, uh, we are in North Dakota. (laughs) We are... Fortunately, unfortunately, uh, at the end of our trip, yes, yes. <laughs> our bo- tired. Our legs are probably telling us. Fortunately, we're done. Um, but uh, it was it was such a good trip. I have to say, it's unfortunate that it's over. Yes, yes, I wouldn't mind sp- spending a few more days, especially with the uh, perfect weather. Yeah, that that's probably the where we should start talking is uh, just the the 180 degree swing to from what we had last time we tried to come here uh which was a blizzard on the horizon that we raced out and this week it's been what lows in the high 30s and uh highs in the what 60s pushing 70 pushing 70 so um beautiful weather maybe not necessarily the the best weather for hunting yeah the the dogs struggled it, it's been perfectly dry also we should mention yeah no moisture at all so the, the dogs were getting a little dried out at the end of the week but overall um i would venture to say definitely our best hunting trip together yes by far on the third try well and best in the way of success and actually being here and yeah getting just, some game all hunting trips are, are are good it's better they're better than work Yes. And it's that's what hunting's about is spending time with friends and family. So they're all good to that point. Yeah. This was definitely the the most successful and even just from a weather standpoint, probably the best we've had. Yeah, it's so at least far. it didn't didn't fight us this time. Yeah. So uh let let's start with I'm gonna ask you, let's start with just um biggest surprise. Biggest surprise. Um Hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, the, um, I don't know, I guess the, 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 the scope of the hunting area and how the, you know, how, how big it is and having, ha, you know, having the, the ability to try to narrow down where you're going to hunt because it is so vast. Um, and I, I mean, there's a few birds everywhere, obviously in North Dakota, but to really pin down where the birds are in a, in a big area was a, a little little more challenging than maybe I thought it would be. Uh, for me, the biggest surprise was just how important a slough is. No, no we, uh, we, we hunted, what, I think twice where there was really no adjacent slough, and I don't think either time we put up a bird. No. no. So really having that real thick uh, cattail swampy slough cover um at least in in semi-close proximity somewhere um it really doesn't matter how good the field looks you know the it it was really tough to try to find birds anywhere there wasn't a slough somewhere decently close right and that and i think i mentioned earlier i I think that that's because of the weather this year and the amount of crops that were out of the field i think one of the things I mentioned earlier is I really think you would have to come maybe 10 or 12 years in a row to cover all the different possibilities of weather, how, how many crops are in, how many crops are out, to really get an idea of what the cycles are out here. I mean, if you came out next, well, it's the cold front's coming in on Tuesday. That may change everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just like anything else. You know, the, the more you do it, the more you're going to understand a little bit and how different changes can make different things uh make things change and all that stuff so yeah i agree with that 100 percent um let's before we move on any more the like i wanted to throw a biggest surprise out there first but before we go into some of the other kind of topics like that let's just do a, a quick recap of our five days of field uh so 
did so we got here on a Sunday um, and met Neil who you heard on Friday in the regular regular scheduled podcast uh, episode and uh, met him finally officially face to face socially distanced face to face and um, checked out uh, a plots uh, well we we checked out one um, from a distance and then we checked out a second one from a distance. Right, that was right. Sunday. Right. Um, just Monday, check, checking out, not hunting, not just, hunting, just, just doing a little scouting, a little scouting, just to see what's going. You know, looking at Onyx maps and seeing where a plot's property was, and trying to figure out how to get there. Um, that was another surprise. Was <laughs> that some of the named roads out here are basically just two tracks. Um, so Monday. Um, Jeez, what do we do Monday? That feels we, like so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what fields we were. The, the biggest thing I remember about Monday was uh, felt like a novice pheasant hunter, and we got skunked. Yeah, we did. We uh, The dogs worked hard. We thought we were working hard. I think we did work hard, but we didn't uh, maybe use the knowledge that Neil tried to give us mm-hmm. in the correct manner. Right. And it showed in our game bags. Yeah, and I think another thing, too, that we luckily, I think, learned quickly um, was that the way that that Neil can hunt, um, the way that a lot of people can hunt out here is not conducive to our dogs. No. Uh, no. You know, both of both of my dogs, you know, I mean, Brittany's themselves uh, as a breed are on the smaller side. Um, and my oldest one, that's a, you know, she's 11. She's, she was the runt of the litter. She's tiny. Um, and then even Kama, who's a good size Brittany, um, you know, she's still, she's eight, you know, so they're all both on the older end and then being smaller, trying to get through some of that real thick cattails and things like that. Just, it, we, we realized pretty quickly we weren't going to be able to do that all day, every day. No, and they're, they're close working dogs also. Yes. Yes. Very close working. Yeah, and which suits Pennsylvania style hunting. Yeah, suits Pennsylvania style hunting, as you'll hear, suited our hunting as well, um, out here, uh, to an extent. And the other thing too is, you know, with that age of the dogs, um, you know, if you're going all day, I think you can fill your game bag. I think you could get your limit if you just went all day. But yes. with our dogs, that wasn't a possibility. Well, um, we chose not to rotate the dogs either. Yeah. We took them both. Every time. Uh, yeah. That's another big which, thing out here is rotating dogs, yeah, keeping them fresh to, which, to hunt all day. Which, you know, rotating dogs, uh, I, that's something I've thought about, but it's not something I do back home because we're really only hunting one, maybe two days a week um, if I can take off a little bit of work. So when I go, I, I since we can get two birds and it can be a hen, um, I don't want to try to rotate the dogs and then not get a dog out. So I typically run them both together. So they're just not set up to to do that rotating. So Monday was tough. Monday was real tough. We went to a couple fields. We did put up a couple hens. It was, it was a learning experience. Yeah, it was definitely a learning experience. Um, the wild birds are definitely way different than the stock birds that yes. the Game Commission puts out in Pennsylvania. Um, so Tuesday, learning from some of those mistakes, um, we went to a... Uh, plots property that had a slough by the road, pretty decent sized slough. Uh, dogs put up, a, I think, one or two hens yeah. out of that slough, if yeah. I remember correctly. Um, and then we decided to, is that, is that the day that we went across the road then? Yeah, that was the day we decided to, with the wind, we decided the, that was the other, oh, that was the other big thing. You have to work into the wind. Correct. Big time. That really helped the dogs. This, this it is since we're kind of tiptoeing in, it might be a good time for me to mention that um, I, I've become a very casual hunter by anybody's definition, and it's been a long time since I had to think about hunting, and that's something I enjoyed this week. Uh, it being in a new place where you had the hunting of is different than Pennsylvania, and having having to learn how to hunt pheasants. Uh, using your skills and you know, checking the wind. That would, the wind, like Jason was about to say, wind is a huge factor. You got to work these dogs into the wind. At home, some of the smaller fields, we can get away with working. Yeah, a, I mean, at home, I do think about the wind, but I right. definitely don't think about it nearly as much as I did this week. Here, it is huge. You yeah. you have to work into the wind with these dogs, which so. makes sense. I mean, you know, we're when I'm archery hunting deer, I'm thinking about the wind. Right. 
um, you know, these are wild birds. They, they have to survive, you know, do what they can to survive. So into the wind is definitely huge. So to get back to that, we did, we went across the road. There was a really nice, uh, what we, what we call wispy fields, um, mm -hmm. that Neil was calling light cover light fields, cover, correct. Yeah. um, which we looked at as a good, it looked good to us. Like there might be birds in there, but then it looked good for the dogs, just easy running for the dogs. Um, not crazy thick, some thick spots, but not crazy thick. The dogs, you know, wouldn't get too overworked. Um, so we actually went with the wind down the hedgerow because we wanted to get on the opposite side of that wispy field Correct. to work into the wind. Um, and through a hedgerow, made a 90 degree turn through another, I'm saying hedgerow. It's a tree. It's a, uh, was it weather, uh, a tree shelter? Is that what he called it? No. When I, I'm lost for words, I forget what a shelter you, belt. A shelter, shelter belt. belt. That is it. Shelter, uh, belt. shelter belt. We worked that, and then it turned 90 degrees to you know, another shelter belt for us to to get through there, which basically was just a bunch of big trees and um, some brush in it. And uh, the dogs kicked out a hen first. Then um, at the end of that short little run there into the wispy field, dogs kicked out another hen, and then they kept working to the right of us. They sort of angled to the right as we started working into the wind, into that field, um, which got us our first rooster that, um, yeah, that both dogs were able to point, um, went up. We both shot. Um, we both hit it. Dog, hard to say. Hard to say exactly who officially <laughs> got it. Uh, let's just say it went in my game bag uh, to, to get out of that field. And then we did put up a couple more hens on the way out as well. Um, so that was our, our first sort of big success. And I think that's when we learned the importance of the slough and how to use their those sloughs to our advantage, not to work necessarily work into them because of the dogs, mm -hmm. but to work around them. Yes. yes. And find the birds that were uh, not quite so deep yet. Mm -hmm. And then, so then we decided to do our first true golden hour hunt. Uh, yes. that I hear about a ton from Pheasants Forever members. Um, not something we do in Pennsylvania very often. No. It's get up no. and you're... Uh, sometimes we feel like we're late when we're getting into the field at st the not, start of shooting light. Not, not <laughs> to be fair, sometimes that's because the archery hunters want to get back and do the golden hour true. in their tree stand. Yes, very true. Very true. So we decided to take a shot at that, and we found a... Uh, we On Onyx Maps, again... Um, you know, found a, a plot's property that was a couple miles out of town from where we were staying, a little bit to the west, and just thought, hey, let's let's go give that a shot. And um, it was a good it was a good field. Yes, um, yes. It was it was pretty much perfect for what we were looking for for our dogs. It was light cover, um, but it was completely surrounded on three sides by a slough. Uh, or a couple sloughs. I don't know exactly how connected they were, but um, it was. Basically, we ran into one good rooster, um, and then two more. Um, when Whiskey, just, that was one bad part of the trip. Whiskey went on her one of went on one of her jaunts, jaunts. Uh, which is where she just sort of goes where she wants. And I followed Camo because she was birdie, um, and she got up a hen. And then as soon as that hen went up, a uh, a rooster flushed wild from hearing that hen go up, and uh, I took a shot. I should have got it. I didn't. I, f I, I still feel bad about that. Um, and then a couple, uh, I think there was one more rooster that flushed out pretty far away. Um, I didn't get a shot at. Um, but we were able to put up some hens and, and put up a couple roosters. That was a, that was a pretty good field, and um, that was the end of Tuesday, the end of day two. Overall, pretty good day for us. Wednesday, we decided to go back to that same field Correct. in the morning. <laughs> it was so good. We liked it so much. We didn't work that much of it. No. Um, no. Because we actually got there late the night before for that golden hour. Right. Um, so we couldn't do the whole thing. So one, one thing we can mention for anybody that's not from this part of the country is shooting hours here end at sunset. Sunset, yes. Not a half hour past sunset Correct. like we're used to. Yes. So that, that threw, threw a little curveball there. <laughs> yeah, so we decided to try that field again So in the we morning. stayed legal. Yeah, stayed legal. We uh, leashed the dogs and unloaded the guns and walked out um, next morning trying that same field and um, started off with a bang. Yeah, no, we, no, no, no connection no, there. No connection. Well, but, a little uh, bit. A little bit, little yeah. Bit. We... Um, 
got up a got up a rooster pretty quick early in that field and um, sort of flushed behind us a little bit. Not that far, I missed. But not that far. And, uh, yeah, you, you, you took a couple shots at it, and um, his tail feather's a little shorter now, uh, but he's still flying and I'm sure still... Very strong. Very strong. Um, so a couple... Then uh, by the time we worked to the end of that slew, two more roosters got up, but way they were they were running big time they were way out of out of distance for us and a couple more hens um and then probably the hot i'm not gonna say the highlight but a big highlight of the trip for me was when we got back to the truck no my switch (laughs) yeah and and this is this is again like i said a learning curve uh what i liked about this trip was um i've heard and i can see why uh Mm -hmm. the people with these uh, what do you call big it? Ranging big, dogs. big ranging dogs that hunt out here, and it's always twelve gauge with four Prairie shot. Storm number four, number shot. four shot, and that, and at least a modified choke, and long shooting. I grew up as a grouse hunter, and I am very comfortable with my twenty gauge Ithaca pump. And at the end of that trip, after missing that rooster, the twelve gauge went into the case. And the Ithaca pump 20 gauge came out. And we decided that it's okay to use what they tell you to use, but I better use something I'm comfortable with. So that that was the, the big change. At least it didn't take me until Friday to figure it out. I figured it out Wednesday morning. Yeah, and that Remington does have a full choke in it too. Correct. So, um, you know, you can reach out and touch something, but that's not your kind of, your style of shooting. And especially when you're working these dogs that work close to yeah. us. And, and to be quite honest, the... The, the, a number of the hens and roosters, all the hens and a good number of the roosters were sitting a lot tighter than I ever expected out Yeah, here. really, that Wednesday morning was probably the only time that we had birds run away and then get up out of distance this whole week. Um, so, yeah, they were sitting very, And very I think tight. that's because we weren't working the very heavy cover of the sloughs. I think, I think yeah. if you're in those heavy sloughs, you do get some longer range flushes with the dogs. You, you can't really even tell where the dogs are and they're so thick. Yeah. But and you you would need a bigger gun there. But the style of hunting we we adapted ourselves to uh, the twenty gauge was more than enough. Yep. Uh, so then we decided to, to switch it back and, and head back east. Um, checked out a property that uh, Neil had suggested we go to. Um, he actually even showed me a video of how to walk it uh, based on the wind, and then uh, it was based on a north wind. Mm. But we the got pre- there. predominant wind here is out of the north. And uh, we get there, and it's out of the south. <laughs> when it's 70 degrees, the wind comes out of the south here. Uh, so we went to the other end of the field and decided to go straight to the slough instead of working a hedgerow up to the slough. And um, as soon as soon as we got into the slough, I realized this is just going to be – this it, is going to wreak havoc on the dogs. It was massive. It was, it was too big. It was too thick. It was too wet um, for my dogs. Uh, I'm sure there were – I mean, we didn't see any birds because we didn't hunt it, but I'm going to guess there were hundreds of birds in yeah, that slough. Right. It, it um, looked like it was beautiful North yeah, Dakota cover. There's yeah, no doubt about it. It's just not something that we were able to do with the tools that we had at hand. Um, so we made a game time decision to uh, switch it up to a different spot um, and uh, went to, uh, well, I guess we, we found uh, uh, an RCP property. Uh, two small little fields. Uh, when I say small little fields, even small for us, what right. we're used to. They yeah. were just little strips that uh, Richland County pheasants uh, pays the farmers to keep in. Uh, we sat there, ate our lunch, waited a while. Got, and, and there were was not a slew in sight. On there was not people. a slew in sight. Uh, we did watch a chicken hawk. Yes, yes. Uh, and then... Um, Dove into the field, but came up empty, yep, thank goodness. came up empty. Uh, so it was two little strips on either side of the road. So we went through the one strip. Uh, went through the the other strip and uh, both times working into the wind and dogs really didn't get gamey at all. No. Um, and that's something that really solidified my suspicion from hunting at home is that I'll put money on my dog's noses against any other dog's noses. They're, yeah. they, they, if there's a bird around, they're, they're going to get birdie. Um, so then we went down the road a couple miles uh, to a slough that was part of the plots program again and uh dogs got very gamey there uh very very gamey and um working the edges it it was small it wasn't a big slough no um 
but working the edges, working around into the wind, um, and uh, it was funny. <laughs> Camo's working, and all of a sudden she goes on point, and about the time she goes on point, Whiskey follows the exact same path and goes on point, honors her point right behind her. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful dog. I mean, awesome. Uh, and then the rooster got up, and the, you put the Ithaca 20-gauge to work. Yes, <laughs> A much better gun <laughs> so, for me. You know, one thing that, that has been a, a good highlight for this trip for, for both of us is that we, um, a couple years ago, you bought some glasses uh, from a company called Aimpoint that uh, records video. Um, so I've been wearing those uh, most of the trip. And when that bird got up, pretty much as soon as I got my gun on it, it decided to somersault out of the air. Uh, so you were definitely quicker on the draw on that one for yeah. sure. Uh, so real good shot and, uh, had a rooster down and we continued on and, um, it, around that slew and then the dog started getting real birdie again. And <laughs> just because of whiskey's small stature, we were very, um, I was very cautious about trying to keep her out of the middle of the slews, but both dogs decided they wanted to go in. Um, so I went in with them. It was, it got a little wet, but then it got drier. So I was okay, but I knew it was going to get real wet real quick. Um, I was watching camo cause she looked real birdie and camo was on my left. Whiskey was on my right and whiskey put up a rooster that, uh, I shot at and missed. And I was very disappointed <laughs> that I missed that. Um, and then pretty, pretty quick after that, a hen got up out of the middle of that slew yeah, too. Yeah, we got it. Um, so that, so it, it was definitely, it was good. It, it was a very good day for us. Um, we felt like the dogs got a lot of real good work. They, they worked fine. And that's what I say. It, it, it's, that's something that's really neat for me being that they're not my dogs. Um, it's been a long time since I've, I've hunt, bird hunted over a dog. I had one, a grouse dog years ago. And it's just so much fun to watch. I don't care whether they're hens, roosters, what they are. To watch the dogs work is, it's just, it's just a, so much enjoy, more enjoyable to me than even sitting in a tree stand or any other type of hunting. I just love to watch dogs work. So that was Wednesday, right? Right. I'm not adding to this what day is what field and all that because my <laughs> mind's pretty much jelly. We. <laughs> I was in the passenger seat for this whole trip, <laughs> and the so roads here driving. are one mile squares, and we would right, left, right, wow. and another left, and back here, and all these dirt roads, and I haven't a slightest clue, which, and I wasn't looking at the Onyx map, obviously, since I was just, I was looking for pheasants along the road is what I was yeah. doing. So, yeah, so that was Wednesday, so Thursday we decided, uh, it, we were disappointed at first, uh, we were sort of hoping to... To hunt with Neil early in the week just to learn from him, um, but I think the fact that Neil uh, decided, you know, had some family obligations and work obligations early in the week, um, he was gracious enough to take off work on Thursday and um, take us hunting, and I think that actually benefited well, us in the long out, run. Worked out great for the um, pups. Allow, allowed us to leave our dogs in the hotel room uh, so that they could rest for a whole day, and um we hunted over his two dogs, uh, Trig and Satori. Awesome dogs. Uh, awesome guy. Awesome spots he took us to. Um, tons of birds. Tons of birds. I mean, birds. I mean, we walked, How many miles did we walk on Thursday? My phone said 7.4. 7.4 miles. So we put. We definitely put on the miles. Um, when we, so we did uh, one slough. Uh, then we did uh, sort of light cover field with a couple sloughs in it. Then we did another slew, and then we recorded our podcast uh, that we were I re that just came out on Friday, and then uh, did one more slew after that, and it was a lot of tough hunting. After the very first slew, I looked at Neil and I said, "You just showed us more birds than we'll see in Pennsylvania all year." Very little shooting because of his of the thickness of the slews and his dogs. Yeah, it was Satori that was with us there. All those birds were sort of semi-close, um, but there was just so many hens going up in that one there was, spot. There was a ton of hens. That I, I was very very much second-guessing myself, even when a rooster got up. They weren't cackling um, like you would typically right. see um, or hear, I guess. So we, did, I, we did talk to another gentleman that was here, and, and he also said that he comes quite often, I guess, and for some reason he thinks this year is a very high uh, hen to rooster 
ratio going yeah. on in this area this year, which is fine for the dog. I mean, we still got the dog work in, but yeah. the roosters weren't quite as uh, prevalent to find. Mm-hmm. No, and that Thursday definitely made that real for us, right. seeing the birds that we and saw. And they were grouped up because we, we found up. the 12 roosters yeah. all in one, yep. one spot. Yeah, so after the first slough, we went to that this light cover field with a couple sloughs. Uh, we actually saw 12 roosters on the side of the road driving in and decided to go to that field after. And Trig put up all 12 roosters at once. Uh, unfortunately, that was about 100 yards away from me and Neil and about 300 yards away from you. Yeah, they, they sent me down to the other corner of the field. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume they put me down there because they know what good a shot I was that they wanted to get the shooting. But for some reason, I was 300 yards away from where the action was at that time. Well, don't feel too bad because uh, the 12-gauge wasn't even going to reach those birds, let alone the 20-gauge. The um, as we swung around... Uh, we were able to relocate one of those roosters and um, got up next to Neil, and he was able to put that one down. Um, That's another thing that kind of shocked me, and, and I don't know, being that Neil is with us, it makes me feel a little better, but I I, I would have thought it had been easier to relocate these birds once you saw them and you, you see them go back down and you take the dogs down there, but I, I think Neil was one that used the term Houdini, so he just... Mm-hmm. And you think you have exactly where they lit, and maybe they're going to run a little bit, but you go down there with the dogs, and they're just nowhere to be found. Yeah, so after that, we went to another slough, um, and at the sort of top, uh, we worked through, and then when we got to the top, you were my dog on that one. You yeah. actually kicked out a rooster for me uh, that I missed, that I definitely should not have missed. Um, but I watched that that rooster land and Neil watched it land. I put out a hen too, by the way. You did if you're, you're going to give the dogs yeah, credit for true. hens, that's give true. me a hen. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Um, so, you know, we, we put up, you know, he, we knew exactly where that rooster landed. Um, and when we got to the end of the slough where it landed, we were all over that. And, and just, the dogs were, and, the, the, and Satori was, was doggy too. Or birdie. But just have no idea where it went. It, it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable how they could, could uh could hide and to go back real quick uh to go back to that that first slew to just to sort of reiterate how tight these birds are sitting uh one bird got up in front of satori as she was coming out of the cover that the tail feathers i swear hit her nose oh yeah it sat that tight and then not too long after that another hen got up that neil basically stepped on now neil dropped that one out of his pocket (laughs) That was that was his go-to bird if we didn't find any. He had one one in his pocket. Oh man, that it, it, it scared him quite. He he was a little jumpy when that bird. Yeah, went I was up. I was curious if when we got to the next spot if he'd have a different pair of pants on. But this is why I didn't good. didn't feel bad about carrying a twenty gauge. They yeah. were some of the birds were sitting very tight. Super super tight. Um, so then uh, finished out with a really really long tough slew at the end. Um, it wasn't bad on the road. Well, I'm sure it wasn't bad on, on the two-track road. Um, you made a friend over there, though. I did, I did. I had a rooster. It, it, this, the two-track road separated where we could hunt from posted ground that we could not. And Neil had posted me up on the road and said it, it wasn't that wide. And he, he was thinking the birds would cross the road into that posted area. So it was, they put the old guy up there to walk the road, thank goodness. And... Uh, I didn't get up there maybe 50, 60 yards, and a rooster's on the posted land, which I can't see, just a cackling and laughing at me and telling me, you can't come and get me. I don't think they believed me until after the hunt, and we stood there and listened <laughs> yeah. to it for, what, 20 minutes 20 laughing minutes. at us, yep. sitting in that corner of that field saying, I'm in posted land, I'm safe. Yep. So a bunch of hens went up there. One rooster went up early. Yeah. Uh, we never did refine that rooster. No, no. I don't know where. I didn't see where he landed. It, but, it went a long way, yeah. but I thought it would have been at the end. But no, like I say, they, they just disappear in that cover. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was Thursday. That now, was Now, before you time. get away from Thursday, I think oh, Jason's yeah. being polite. Thursday morning in the first slew, I found out how quickly they go from dry to wet. <laughs> we all did Every, uh, but you found out a little bit more i wasn't yeah. even thinking about that <laughs> so, I, so. I took a step and i was maybe ankle deep in water and decided that maybe i should be heading in a different direction i didn't take two more steps and i was all but knee deep in water and my boots are still drying here on the heater in the room that was two days ago they're, i think we could soaked. uh take those to the 
hood of the truck on, on the, the way, way home, home and yeah. they still might not be dry. Yeah, I, they, they get wet in a hurry. Uh, it only takes a couple steps, and you can't see. I mean, no. you, you you have to listen to the squish because, oh, I mean, it was perfectly dry for a long mm-hmm. ways, and then all of a sudden I was up, up over my calves. <laughs> so. Yeah, we all found the wet. You found a little more wet than. than so we, we did. not only did we do seven miles Thursday, I did about uh, four point seven of those in wet boots and socks. <laughs> oh man! So Thursday, come back. The puppies were very happy to see us um, to come out of their kennel in the the hotel room here, and uh, you could definitely tell they were a little more rambunctious, rambunctious, um, feisty, feisty. We them. always use the word feisty in my yeah. house and. Yeah. They were definitely um, rested, rested. Yes. Did, uh, did them well. Yes. So uh, decided Friday morning uh, to go back to that slough that you got your first rooster. Correct. Um, which the dogs, the wind was actually the opposite direction from the first time we hunted it. Yeah. it's It's been, well, they have a weather change coming yeah. here in uh, what, in two days. Mm, yeah. So it's slowly starting to switch around to come out of the north like they're used to, but it's not quite there yet. No. So we did it basically. And it backwards. actually, we, I think we ought to add too that it's, the wind here this week has been a lot lighter than they're yeah, used to here. Yeah, very much lighter. Uh, I mean, it's been maybe the most was 12, 15 mile an hour, and that was the they, windiest I day. Think, I think Thursday night um, at the end, right at the end, it was about 20 miles an yeah. hour. But it's like today it was, it, when we first got out there, it was five, five six mile an hour, yeah. which is unheard of in this area. Yeah. Again, drying out the landscape for the dogs, which yeah. doesn't help. So... Um, Tried that slough, went backwards on that slough, and, um, well, uh, before that, drove past that same field that we found, saw those 12 birds on the side of the road, um, and uh, they weren't there, so we kept going, and went to that slough, and worked it backwards, and the dogs got real birdie at the end, Yeah. Um, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that there was a bird in there, we just didn't stick around long enough to, and the dogs... We didn't let the dogs go in deep enough, I don't think. Yeah, you, really have, you have to work those sloughs pretty hard. They, yeah. they get in there. They If they don't want to come out, you've got to almost kick them out. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so, no bird. A little disappointing. Um, no birds coming up. But we decided we're going to hit that field. That field just looked too good. Uh, right. We, we knew that there were Not some. It was perfect style field for the yeah, dogs. It looked too good for our dogs. Um, so we decided let, let's go ahead and try it. Um, so the, to give a sort of idea, but I mean, I'm having real I'm having real trouble with distances and acreages out here. But I'd say that was easily a 600 and 600 acre field. Well, oh, no, it didn't take up the whole square. 600 so acres. So it was acres. like a 300 acre field. So too, okay, so big field and basically you know light cover, but there were three smaller sloughs inter sort of intermixed in there. Uh, so we took the same route that Neil did, uh, that Neil had us take. Um, and when we got to that second slough, I just about had to change my pants because <laughs> I was sort of in the middle of the slough. You were out on the on the uh, right side, su- the the southern edge of it, and um, I decided to make a right and sort of come closer to you because the dogs were getting a little birdie at that point. And then all of a sudden, a doe just tore out of that slough. That, that was, I mean, that was our. Closest encounter to a North wow. North Dakota whitetail right there. That was as close of an, an encounter as I've had even in Pennsylvania. That was, what, maybe 20 yards? And when she came out, if she was coming towards you, she Ooh. was going to run you over. Man, I'm glad she coming. ran the direction she ran. I don't um, think she stopped yet. No, I don't think so either. She was not happy uh, that we busted her out of there. Um, then as we were coming around the edge of the, the end of that slough, um whiskey went on point i didn't get to see it Uh, really beautiful in some in some thick stuff on the other side of thick stuff for me but uh went on point and um bird got up and uh i did take a whack at it yeah i I was i was slow on the trigger i I was waiting for the clear to clear the dog and because it was not hot and i I, that's when i had i also got there's another thing about the sloughs (laughs) a uh at that instance, a reed got between my finger and the safety, and I had to re-adjust uh, my grip on my gun, which sounds like an excuse, and it is. <laughs> but it gave me <laughs> gave me enough time to uh, get up uh, onto it and, and take probably one of the best shots I've ever had on a pheasant. It was uh, a passing shot. 
right. from my right to left that um, I'm typically not very good at, which is why I was okay with you being on that road the day before to take right. those passing shots because right. I'm not very good at them. Um, and then so, the dogs did a real good job of finding that one. It did fall great. into some thick, thick yep. slough there, and the dogs uh, found that one good for us. Yes, they did. So uh, decided to keep on rolling through that field sort of the same same way that that we did it the day before and um camo went on point and put up a hen uh which was a real good point um man it's amazing how far the birds fly <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> yeah. uh and then not too long after that uh rooster got up wild kind of wild kind of yeah. wild um they're just sitting super tight super tight um i think the dog sort of went past them a little bit um on the upwind side and then by the time we got, whenever we got there, that must have been too much for them. Uh, you were able to put that one down. Right. So that was, uh, that was our first uh, and only two-bird field. Right. Uh, that was definitely the, the best morning, the best day of hunting, I'd say, we had as far as, obviously, with take. Um, but then also with the dogs working, that was, that was really, really good. It was a fantastic trip, I think. Uh and, and, you know, listening to this, I'm sure there's people who say, boy, you didn't sound like you, you killed too many roosters. And we did not. Hmm. Um, that's, it's possible to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and we probably could have, not probably, we could have done really a lot better if we wanted to. Number one, you got we were hunting these dogs very lately. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe, maybe three hours a day. Uh, we'd be hunting them an hour, breaking an hour, hour and a half, running them another hour. These dogs are nine and 11. Uh, they're 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 not built to to run out here, but they have so much fun you don't want to deny it. And the other thing out here, at least right now, as as of today, it's our understanding. It's not our understanding. It's fact. You can hunt private land out here if it's not posted. Uh, when they post out here, they post the corners of their property. Yeah. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. No, and then it's every quarter mile oh. in between or half mile in between. But if, or, if there are no posters, you do not have to ask permission to hunt. You can go hunt. So I, it's very popular out here to, like, it's not road hunting. I, I mean, that sounds like a bad idea. But if, if you see roosters in a property and it's not posted, you pull over, you get ready, you take your dogs, and you go hunt. We didn't do a lot of that. No. Uh, we did it Thursday with Neil because he's a local. We number one, we it's hard for us to get comfortable with that yeah, idea coming from Pennsylvania. Thing. That's the big thing. And number two, it's just not what we were out here to do. We were out here to hunt public land as much as we could on these plots. And I think we did a good job of proving you can come out here, hunt plots. You may not fill a game bag every day. You may not shoot a limit every day, but you are going to find birds, mm -hmm. and you're going to get some shooting. And that, that's what I wanted to do anyway. I won't speak for Jason, but yeah. it was it's nice to see that you can do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you could fill a game bag coming oh, out here on if, plots. If you if hunted you had, all day. If you hunted all day, if you had the, the dogs, they could do that. Uh, we just, we didn't. The, the goal of this trip was to have a good time um, and shoot one rooster over my dogs that were pointing right. and we were able to do that several so, times, several times. So, um, that, you know, it was a, a big, you know, on Tuesday, the, the goal was satisfied, Both right. dogs were on point rooster got up and we put the bird down. So that, that was the goal. Um, and, and that was on a plot's property. Correct. And, and as, as nice as the weather has been, like we said early, it's not ideal dog working weather. No, no it's, it's not. It's not It's too warm for them by the afternoons. And it is so dry there that the, the scent has to be light yeah. for them. I mean, a little bit of, there, there's not even any dew in the mornings. No. It's so dry out here right now, dry and warm. So Yeah, so it, 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 it was this trip for us, um, you know, you might be listening and thinking, oh, I don't know, it doesn't sound like, you know, great trip. You know, oh, you only got four birds, all that stuff. But um, for us, the trip was exactly what we could have hoped for. Um I mean, you, you can't help but think uh, before you get here your first time that, you know, your limit's three birds a day, you, were, you know, possession limit's 12, we're going to have to eat birds while we're out here. Um, but that really wasn't the main goal, and we're happy with, with how things transpired. Um, I think if you, I don't think, I know from talking to Neil that 
if you come out in more of a late season, you know, he's a late season guy. And the reason why is because the birds are grouped up more. Right. Um, but then obviously you have, you know, issues with the weather and. Well, um, we, we just, um, in the parking lot, ran into two, two, three gentlemen, mm -hmm. three gentlemen from Minnesota with two uh, GPs. GSPs. GSPs, yeah, and rather large ones. They hunted all day and they, what do you say, seven eight, or eight, 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 eight roosters today. Yep. So, I mean, it. If you have the right dogs, and then mm -hmm. they now they hunted from sun up, and it was dark when we ran into them. Yep. Uh, we had the dogs out for their evening run there, and the only reason we talked to them, but yeah, so it is. I mean, there's, there's there are there are no shortage of birds no. in North Dakota. No, <laughs> we saw and, a lot of birds. And you know, if we, I I don't know, you know, obviously with how things turned out this year with uh, the whole COVID situation and all that stuff, you can't really go too far future planning but i you know if you were able to come out here you know multiple years in a row get to know some landowners um that would definitely help you that would help uh big time uh that you know we sort of we we came out here to be so and plan to be self-sufficient so we brought all our food we were trying to minimize our exposure to other people in a different state uh, which I think is a good thing oh, that, yeah. that we did that, Absolutely. right? I mean, no, we no, definitely we... did the responsible thing, uh, we feel. Um, yeah. But we didn't really get the whole pheasant hunting experience in North Dakota, you know, going out to the cafes, talking um, to the, locals. the diners, talking to the locals. And, and that I feel like that is probably the easiest way to make friends with some locals that can help guide you to where birds are yeah they, they know where they're at they're working and working these fields every day and and from what we understand when you do talk to them they can't be any nicer the vast majority of them if they if they know where birds are they're going to point you in the right direction and save you a lot of the uh the looking and searching uh, places where they might not be right now to the point of North Dakota nice. North Dakota uh, nice. Neil sharing those those points with us definitely helped us um, with you know just a, an idea at the beginning of where we were going to go. Um, but then to that, on the way to hunting, I believe it was on Tuesday, we saw a couple of roosters on the side of the road, and I used Onyx Maps. I pulled over and used Onyx Maps to try to find the landowner, which was able to do, and we tried to make some phone calls, which. Uh, didn't turn out, but as we were sitting there for all of about 45 seconds, a uh, truck came up from behind us and stopped and asked if we were okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just he thought maybe we hit a deer or something. Yeah. So yeah, Very nice um, people. Yeah, people out here are extremely nice, extremely nice. So overall, uh, super fun trip. Um, what would you say the highlight of the trip has been for you? If you could take one specific moment. Okay, now that, that's a trick question. So, <laughs> Obviously, the highlight of any trip uh, is, is being able to come out and hunt with you. It's, it's good to have, you know, hunt with your son, bring the dogs out and do that stuff. I mean, that that, go, that should, I guess it shouldn't go without saying, I should say it more often, but that anytime you can uh, spend time with friends and family hunting, that's that's probably the highlight. But short of that, I think, and I guess my highlight was the, like I said earlier, I had to do some thinking about hunting and I had to be honest with myself and I think, I guess, switching guns was the highlight for me because I had to, you know, I didn't just stick with the 12-gauge because that's what you do in North Dakota. I went to a, a gun and a, and a shot size that I was comfortable with and realized that the dogs we were hunting over, the, the birds were going to sit tight enough and I was going to be able if I had stayed with that 12-gauge, I don't know that I still would have hit one. Um, <laughs> And if anybody wants to get a hold of Jason, there, there, there's a very good possibility that a Remington 1100's for sale, uh, and it, it wouldn't be overly expensive. So. Uh, I was really wondering if we were just going to leave that on the side of the road. <laughs> he, he mentioned the, cam the camera glasses he has. It's a beautiful picture of me looking uh, after the shot was missed and stamping my feet and moving my arm <laughs> like a five-year-old because I was very upset with myself. So I'm sure he'll have that in his archives forever. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he'll probably throw away the ones where his gun's not quite level yet and the bird falls <laughs> out of the way because I hit it with the 20-gauge. <laughs> no, we'll keep those ones too. Okay. Uh, so highlight for me, um, man, I, really I, I think the biggest thing is – for me, the highlight has been watching 
Watching Camo specifically, um, watching she, her. She grew as a, a bird dog. Yeah, this week. just every day, just watching her work um, better and better at finding the birds um, and working out in front of us and zigzagging back and forth and checking in, um, working a little bit bigger than she normally does, but actually not, responding to some hand signals. Yeah, responding to hand signals better. You know, working bigger than she typically does at home, but not to the point that Just, that she's working too far for what, what I like, um, which is, uh, you know, close, 50, 60 yards and in. Um, and uh, and then just, just honestly, <laughs> the little engine that could with Whiskey Girl. Whiskey, huh? She just never quits. She just, you know, even when she was tired. Um, oh, you forgot to say that she put up a woodcock tonight. She did put up a woodcock tonight, um, which was funny because we didn't, didn't get, didn't it, get it, those tags and no. we just talked about it on the way to that field. No. Um, but, you know, just seeing her, you know, and a couple times she slowed down, but honestly I think her slowing down more, more than anything had to do with we weren't on bird when, scent yeah, as long as there was scent there yeah. she was ready to go because there were a couple times that she was starting to slow down and then all of a sudden uh we started to get it you know she was sending some birds and then we got into birds and she was going like you know that adrenaline rush um watching them both you know shake as we're pulling in the fields <laughs> and getting ready they just tread their bo both bodies uh both dogs are bodies trembling and what well, at uh, home we're on so much pavement and when we hit a gravel road, it usually means we're close to hunting. Mm -hmm. Well, up here, you're you're off the pavement and on a gravel road and still have maybe 30 minutes or yep. 25 minutes to get to where <laughs> you want to go. And for 25 minutes, she would just sit there and shake so excited and ready yep. to go. And it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, you know, for the, the state of North Dakota, I, I can't get over how flat everything is. How quickly it gets dark. Whenever the sun goes down, it, yeah, gets, it gets it gets light really quick and yeah, it gets dark really really quick. quick. Um, and I can't believe how fast people drive on those gravel oh, roads out here. We watched a guy go backwards for probably a half a mile on a gravel road faster than I would ever decide to go forward. There's no doubt about that. They, <laughs> they're not afraid to ride on these roads. <laughs> no, they're not. So. You know, overall, just super awesome trip, just tremendous um, experience for the dogs, experience for us, and um, what what the young people say these days: uh, five stars would would come again. Five stars mm -hmm. would come again. Uh, yes, no five stars it. would would do the trip again for sure. Um, you know, this was. Uh, I, you know, I, I I've only started. I really have only been pheasant hunting for five years now. Um, that started because I shot a buck on the first day of archery season at home and decided I have nothing else to do. I'll take my dog and see if she likes it. And then the next year took the other dog. So this was um, this was a bucket list trip uh, for my older dog, and uh, it was nice to be able to get get yep. her out here. Yep, she did well. Uh, they both did, but it is nice to get sea whiskey now and. As we speak, there's one on each bed just totally <laughs> crashed out. Yeah. And, and that, I guess, they're, that, that'll tell you a bit about these dogs. There's one on each bed. Yeah. Uh, most of the dogs, in fact, all the dogs we've seen out here have been in crates. Yes. Uh, these dogs, uh, the idea of, of a crate is just these are family pets that just love to do their work naturally. So that's a, I, it says a lot for them. Yeah, and they've been loving every ounce of hotel time because they're not allowed on the furniture at home. <laughs> yeah. So being able to sleep in bed and cuddle up, uh, you know, from what essentially six o'clock until we fall asleep. Right. Um, you know, they've definitely enjoyed that time. They're being very pampered, which is important to my wife and mine, yeah. <laughs> and mine, and that, myself. That, that was another highlight of my trip. It only took till Wednesday for my wife to ask me how my <laughs> legs were, even though she asked about the dogs every time I talked to her. Yep. So that was good. Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. I think we just need to get, uh, hopefully now we're into a night's rest and a, a safe trip back. Uh, it's not a terrible ride, but it is a long one. Yes. But uh, worth every mile. I would, uh, I would recommend people that are, you know, obviously the people that are into pheasant hunting and do it all the time, they probably made this trip or know what this trip is. But anybody that's sort of on the borderline of, you know, they, they tinker with it in, in states where there's not a lot of pheasants or stocked pheasants like we have, 
take a trip, bring your bring your dogs out, bring your family out, and, and do some hunting here sometime. It's it's great. Uh, I wouldn't expect seventy degrees. No. Yeah, but um, and that would be something too. I wouldn't mind coming back out here. Although as nice as it is to hunt in seventy degrees, it would be nice to see what it's like with a little mm-hmm. snow on the ground and seeing the tracks and and the birds huddled up a little bit. Yeah. So, so that's it. Thanks for joining everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Before we cut out here, need to definitely do a couple thank yous. Uh, Neil, you know, big thank you to you for all your help for this trip. That definitely put us in the. Um, in the in the fast lane of learning what we need to do and how we need to adjust so and, and neil's family for sharing neil's family for sharing his uh his valuable time um definitely want to give a, a thank you to north dakota game and fish for having the plots program because that definitely opened up a lot of areas to hunt that otherwise would have made it a lot diff- a lot more difficult for us or more expensive uh, yeah, so, if yep. you need to pay a landowner to get on there so um you know awesome that they're able to do that um and then with with the connection with pheasants forever and with the connection with pheasants forever got to thank them for all the hard work they've been doing out here um some you know some great chapter work and some habitat work and getting some uh more property put into the game and fish hands based on pheasants forever and then um Definitely cannot forget, got to thank my wife and, and my mom for allowing us, to, not allowing us to come out, but being okay with the, with the decision for us to take a seven-day, eight-day trip, you know, five days hunting out here in North Dakota. And, um, you know, that definitely definitely makes our lives easier when we can have not, not... Understanding have hunting un- families. Having understanding hunting families. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yes. So... Uh, the, some, some good thank yous out there and, um, yeah, great trip. So, uh, thanks for listening to the bonus episode and, uh, regularly scheduled episode again, coming up on Friday. So make sure you share with family and friends and, uh, as always stay wild.